Hello, 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 and welcome to my podcast, That Show Fucked Me Up. It is I, the beautiful, the talented, the funny, your host, Mariel Vizcarra. Cue in the applause. What is up, Fucked Up fam? It's your girl. You already know the deal. Let's get started with personal updates. Holy shit, I had a busy ass day yesterday like hella busy um i feel like i lived a whole week in just one day i usually like i usually don't have a lot of errands to run so it's it when i do it kind of throws me for a loop and i had like two like different events that i had to go to yesterday as well so let me just give you a rundown of uh my day i woke up at around seven which is weird because i drank the night before and you know i i i I can't rest like i can't sleep late anymore i don't know if it's just like my body like my internal clock is used to waking up early because i have to wake up early during the week for work but during the weekend i'm like please please body please like just just sleep some more but i guess my body doesn't need it (laughs) so i woke up at around seven um right now my mom's living living with me for for a bit and she was like oh you took uh you took out some ground meat make something with it because it's gonna go bad and we have some like uh fucking mushrooms and some spinach and i'm like okay i'm gonna make like a pasta sauce so i did that early in the fucking morning the first thing i did was made some fucking pasta sauce for next for like to have food during the week like during the work week then i was like shit so yesterday was Alyssa, aka yaya aka don chamango's 28th birthday and i had already bought like a like part of her gift but i still needed to complete it and i'm like fuck dude and i couldn't do it on during the week or friday because i was hella busy so i was like okay I'm going to go buy her a gift. So I went, I found her something really cute and she ended up really liking it. So missions, uh, like it was a successful ass mission. And then I came back. What did I do? I came back and I think I started getting ready. Yeah. So Alyssa, Alyssa is not like me and she planned, she's a different type of Libra because she had a whole ass fucking itinerary for her birthday day. And I was like, okay, so I they had like some stuff in the morning that I couldn't make it to. I think they went to the punk, pumpkin patch and they went to take pictures somewhere else, whatever. Uh, we were going to meet up for lunch at Barbusa in Little Italy. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll meet up with you y'all over there. They took a lift. I don't frequent Little Italy. Why the fuck didn't no one tell me I was not going to find fucking parking? Thankfully, <laughs> I was like driving around and then I found like an ace parking and it was like $20 for parking. And I was like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm about to drop some money for this lunch. I am not going to drop 20 fucking dollars on parking that I'm just going to use for like, what, two hours, whatever. Thankfully, the place where Busa had a valet parking and i was like oh and it was only eight dollars so i was like fuck yeah like i I think it's the first time i've ever gotten valet parking wow i feel so bougie (laughs) and shout out to the valet attendants two of them were really hot like like i was like 
I don't know if they were Brazilian. Like, I don't know. These men, one of them was hotter than the other one, though. And I was like, holy shit. Like, like I'm speechless right now as to how hot they were. I'm like, so I could find you here. (laughs) And the the lunch went really well um we had some really yummy food so it was like italian food it was really good i definitely recommend the place the wine that i got i got um a josh i think a cabernet from ja i think it's called josh yeah i think so it was really yummy i got the carbonara pasta so good the fucking uh what is it called (sighs) What, what is that called? It was an appetizer we got, and they always... Uh, I can't remember. I can't remember. Everything was really, really good. I give it an... I give it an 8, eight 9 out of 10. Yeah, it was really good. The food was affordable because... Did I did I tell y'all, fuck the fam, that the other day I went for to dinner in a downtown and played like $120 just for myself. Mind you, we did get like two bottles of wine. I don't, we were, we were cosplaying being bougie or whatever. (laughs) And there was like six of us. So I, I think the bill ended up being like over five or like around $500 or a little bit more. No, it was obviously more if there was six of us. Um, but yeah, and the food was okay. Like the food wasn't like amazing, you know? So Barbusa definitely recommend. I don't remember the name of the other restaurant in downtown, but yeah, I am not going to be paying $120 for a dinner experience ever again. I'm sorry. I, I could get better food options for so much less and it's obvious and you know, it's still going to be good fucking quality food whatever we ended uh the no so okay so i try to get ready for Alyssa's lunch like with a good amount of time however i was still rushing towards the end it was like two already and the restoration was at 2 30 and i had to drive and find parking i forgot the gift that i worked so hard to get her that earlier that day so after lunch I had to come back to my house, get the fucking gift, and then drive to her house. I was there for, like, less than 30 minutes because I had another um, event that day. So yesterday was the Mercado de Miedo, where we, uh, the Paletras, uh, the playwriting group that I'm from, Paletras, had our, like, show for Spooky Place. And it was, like, a stage reading, but it also incorporated movement. It went so well. It started at 6.30. I got to see all my besties, all my friends from Paletras. It was so much fun. Two of my pieces um, were chosen for this, and it was called one called Child Genius. And it's basically um, the theme of that little short play is about a man that has a phobia, um, and the phobia is children. Like, he's literally scared of children. So it was a really fun piece to write. And I mean, you you incorporate like a spooky thing, like a spooky uki. Now that that's my word. <laughs> and my second one, it's called Lunch Limpias. And it's basically like two high school age, maybe freshmen in high school. And they're during their lunch, one of them is doing like a egg limpia for another one. And like some spooky shit happened. So yeah, it was so much fun. And then getting to see like the actors and some of the actors that participated were also in my um, stage reading of the Males de Piña. So it was a really, really great experience. I had so much fun. 
But then afterwards, you think, look, I'm seven minutes in and there's still shit. I think this is the last scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah the last thing. Afterwards, I'm like, oh, because Alyssa said maybe we'll go out because it was her birthday. And I'm like, oh, well, just let, let me know what you want to do. And she's like, well, we're not going to go out. We're just going to stay here and drink. And I'm like, okay, back to Alyssa's place. So there I go. I drive back. And then... um. As soon as I get there, th this bitch gives me a shot. It was so much fun. We just, we just literally sang karaoke, talk, uh, ate cake, um, and sang more karaoke, and just drank some more. <laughs> yeah. Um, honestly, shout out to for a chill weekend because I kind of had like the expectation that I wanted to party hard, and I mean I did end up partying hard, but like in a more like friendly social setting instead of going out to bars because on friday i also hung out with my friend kelly and chris well, my friends kelly and christina shout out to them um at their place because we were watching the padres game not that i care about baseball but they were like you want to hang out and i'm like hell yeah and they were like over oh, come over and watch the game and drink and i'm like okay uh on my way <laughs> on my way don't you don't have to ask me twice and then well yesterday even though i was running around the whole day i like Towards the end, I thought I was going to go out, but we just ended up staying in. And it was such a great, 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 great time. Definitely recommend a chiller weekend for those that are always out and about. Not that I'm always all, all out and about, but just just a little, um, just a little, what was this? Advice. Advice corner. <laughs> um, but yeah, and today has been like super chill. Uh, it's sunday and yeah just staying in cleaning uh but let's move on to our pop culture segment okay so like i really i like don't care about this but this has been like all over my for you page and it's like i love the drama i love drama that doesn't involve me and this doesn't involve me and i'm so far separated from this so i'm i love living or like seeing the drama app updates so it turns out that Travis Scott has a, a side chick and like her and Kylie are giving themselves like kind of like subtweeting each other, but not subtweeting because they're doing through like Instagram posts. Like uh, the girl is like, oh, she should dress up as me for Halloween since she she wants you to she, since she wants you to love her like you love me or something like that. And then Kylie like posted uh, like a picture of yourself and she's like in your dreams, you know, like the girls are fighting. The girlies are fighting, whatever. And and everyone's like analyzing it. And I'm like, bro, of course he has a side chick. Of course. Like, isn't that the norm? Like, if you're a rapper in Hollywood, even if you have a family, that's the norm, right? Like, is everyone else but me delusional? I I just think, like, people just accept this. I thought famous people just accepted that they're going to get cheated on. Or, like, women. Yeah. Women in Hollywood just accept that they're going to get cheated on. Y'all didn't know? I'm sorry, like, I'm sorry that I sh I'm breaking this, uh, breaking news, <laughs> this news to y'all, but I thought this was, like, like, it's sad, but it's, like, expected. I don't know, I was just, like, oh, people are, like, oh, my God, like, he cheated on her, or he's been cheating on her the whole time, blah, 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 and I'm, like, yeah, <laughs> like, what? I feel like I'm not making any sense, but moving on. Uh, there was a house. 
a, a leak, a House of Dragon, the finale was leaked. And I mean, I kind of already know what's going to happen because of like spoilers from Game of Thrones where they talk about what happened previously to them. But I'm still like really upset. <laughs> I'm, I'm so upset uh, that now I have like spoilers for today. And yes, like, Sundays have now become my podcasting day and it has also become like my house of dragon day and today is the last episode of the season thank god we're gonna get like two three more seasons I think I think it's gonna be like four in total according to like the information provided oh my god my foot fell asleep my foot fell asleep oh that oh my god I'm sorry for money into the mic <laughs> but like my foot fell asleep uh, uh you know when your like toes get all tingly okay I'm sorry. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna work through it because I'm a professional. Uh, full disclosure: I just showered and I'm literally recording this episode in my underwear. Uh, because I'm a professional. Podcasting is a very, very serious business, and I take it super serious. And I'm a businesswoman, so obviously I'm gonna be recording this uh, episode in the appropriate professional attire, which is my underwear. <laughs> uh what else what else what else and i think that's it i'm really excited for the house of dragon finale today and then afterwards uh we're having like a little cast playwright party well not party we're playing loteria at mabel's house it starts at six but you know house of dragon also starts at six so i was like is it okay if i get there late <laughs> like I'm, i hate myself for missing like a social um you know interaction wanting to watch house of dragon so i won't like miss anything else or that i won't get any more fucking spoilers i'm so sorry Paletras fam, but I'll, i'll get there i'll get there yeah, 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 yeah i'll get there for sure uh but that is all that i have for today so let's get started with today's episode <laughs> episode five of american horror story murder house is called halloween part two The episode opens up with Larry Harvey pounding at the door and saying that he, he would not leave until he got his $1,000. So the scene that we had previously seen. And then uh, we see Violet staring at the door, paralyzed by fear. And the man with the latex suit is staring at her from behind. Then all of a sudden, the knocking, pounding at the door just stops. And Violet senses that someone else is like standing right behind her. And she turns around, but there's no one there now. Violet goes up to her room and she looks stressed and then we see that a hand reaches out from under her bed and is about to grab her leg but then she gets distracted by a sound by her window and she walks towards it and it's Tate and he's throwing pebbles at her window. So if Tate is the one that's throwing pebbles at her window, who the fuck was under her bed trying to grab her her ankle right now because that that is fucking terrifying. So T Tate tells Violet to meet her at the basement and then it cuts to them in the basement and Tate hugs her as Violet tells him how the night has been insane and how first the co cops were outside and then a freak was knocking on the door asking about money. Tate comfort com comforts her <laughs> and tells her that it was probably just some asshole kid since it's Halloween and then he gives her a flower that he painted black. So fucking romantic. So goth e-boy romantic. Violet tells him that he's the first boy to ever give her a flower and she thanks him and says that uh, she loves it and then he asks if she's ready to go on their date and she nods. 
So back to the scene that we had previously seen from the last episode, Ben and Vivian getting to the house, and then there's a knock on the door, and it's Hayden's ghost, blah, blah, blah. Then we see Vivian get a call from Violet, and Violet lies and says that she's with some friends. So you know how, like, uh, Ben and Vivian were freaking out because they couldn't find Violet. Like, Violet, like, calms uh, calms her mom down, and she's like, no, I'm out with some friends, blah, blah, blah. And uh, Vivian tells Violet that she wants her home in an hour, and Violet agrees. And as she tells her mom bye, we see Tatus kissing her neck. So he's trying to get sexy if you catch my drift. He asks her who it was, and she tells Tate that it was just her mom, and then they begin to kiss. Back in Murder House, Ben is freaking out, so he takes a knife from the kitchen, and Vivian walks in and, he, and sees this. She tells him that Violet, what Violet is doing, and she asks, like, what the fuck are you doing with that knife? With that knife? Ben complains that the kids destroyed their pumpkin patch, and Vivian asks, so you're going to kill them? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Ben tells her that he's going to go clean up clean up out front and Vivian tells him that they both had a long day and that she now she's going to go take a bath but tomorrow she wants uh, to resume the talk about him moving out Ben tells her that he is not leaving the house and how he's not giving up on their family and Vivian walks away and he just repeats how he is not giving up on them we then see Ben going outside and he's looking around the house and he grabs uh the sh- like a, the shovel and then Larry pops out of nowhere and and says to Ben, "I want my money." And Ben hits him square in the face with the shovel. Ben starts asking Larry where Hayden is and Larry tells him how she's under the gazebo and Ben doesn't believe him cuz he literally just saw her at his front door. Larry asks him what he's talking about and Ben reveals that she was at his door 10 minutes ago. Larry asks, oh, is she pissed? And Ben is like, I'm pissed, bro. Ben uh, thinks that Larry and Hayden and Hayden, Hayden are in this plot to extort him together. And Larry Harvey begins to laugh as he tells Ben that he, he really doesn't get it. How his clinical narrow view on life doesn't let him see it, what's right in front of him. Larry tells him that the dead don't have nothing to lose. And Ben tells him to stop with the bullshit and that he just wants answers. Ben punches him and Larry tells him that he doesn't even know what the goddamn question like he's like oh you you want answers but you don't even know what the question is. Ben punches him again and Larry Harvey warns him to watch his back and his front and that if he thought Hayden was dangerous before that she's worse now. Ben yells at him that he is the dangerous one and how he's on the edge and if he goes over the edge that he's taking Larry with him. Larry pleads with him to do it, to do it now, and he begs him to kill him, and Ben, ben kicks him on the groin. And from the floor, Larry says, that, that way I can come back and haunt you too. Ben grabs the shovel, and he's about to smash Larry's face in, but he can't do it, and he just says, if you see that crazy bitch, tell her that we're done, and if you come to my property again, I'll kill you. Cut to inside the house and the doorbell rings and Vivian goes to answer it and it's the hottest fuck security guard and he asks if everything's okay since the alarm was triggered. Vivian explains that Violet must have been the one to trigger it when she left and the security asks who destroyed their pumpkin patch and Vivian tells him that she doesn't know and how it, it was probably just some asshole kids. He flirts with her and says that if any more kids uh, bother her to just send them his way. And she thanks him and comments on how she has been feeling way safer ever since uh, they hired him. And he says, good, before he tells her to have a good night. 
cut to Tate and Violet at the beach, making out by a bonfire. And then Violet tells him that she wants to. And she, like, tries to, like, put her hand down in his crotch. But he tells her that he can. And he explains that he wants to be with her so badly, but that he has never been with a girl before. And Violet is like, oh, are you gay? (laughs) And Tate sits up and tells her that it must be the meds that uh, Ben prescribed to him. And Violet tells him that that she wants, that she's like, oh, I want to go home. And Tate tells her that he is not ready to go, not yet. And Violet sits back down and they cuddle. Tate tells her that he used to come to the beach when the world would the world closed in and he felt that he couldn't breathe. And he would look out into the ocean and say, hey, yo, douchebag, high school counts for jack shit. He starts giving the names of some famous people like Kirk Cobain, Kirk Cobain Quentin Tarantino, Pacino, uh, Robert De Niro. And he comments that they were all high school dropouts. Tate tells Violet that he hated high school, so he would go to the beach and look out at the vast, limitless water, and then it was like that was his life, and that he could he would tell himself that he could be anything, he could be anything, and he says that high school is just a blimp on their timeline and to not get stuck there. Uh, so, so out of nowhere, some kids begin approaching them, and they're all wearing to be what looks like blo- bloody cost- costumes with gashes and wounds on their face. And one of the guys says to Tate that they have been waiting for him to come out of hiding for years, but that they all know he likes mommy's little safe house. Tate tells them that he does not know them. And a woman dressed as a cheerleader tells Tate that she's surprised that he has the balls to show his face. And then a goth girl says, oh, it's because this year it's different. He has a date. And Tate tells her to leave Violet alone. The dog tells him that they don't want Violent and that they just want him. And Violent thinks that this is like a Halloween prank. And one of the nerds in the group says that it is not fair that Tate has a girlfriend and that he doesn't have a girlfriend. And then he asks the other guys in the group if they have girlfriends and they all say no. And when he asks the jock, uh, the jock mentions that he has not had sex in a long time. Tate tells Violet that they're going to go since the beach sucks and how someone should pick up the trash. So, and then we cut to the house and Vivian is setting up a nice relaxing bath and she gets a call from Hayden and she answers and Vivian tells her that it's time that they sit down and talk. And on the other line, Hayden asks if Ben has told her about Boston and Vivian tells her, I know you might find this hard to believe. And then she like begins to explain that she was in a very similar situation that Hayden was in, that she fell in love with a younger man that he I mean with an older man and that he was married and that she believed that he was going to leave his wife and that they were going to be happy like happily ever after but that that didn't happen for her and it's not going to happen for Hayden because that doesn't because it doesn't exist uh Vivian continues what he's looking for has nothing to do with you it has nothing to do with anybody and how there and she's like there's something missing in Ben Hayden Hayden responds he found something in me that he'll never find in you again. He said my face was soft, soft like a baby. And in between my thighs, I tasted like raspberries and cream. Uh, mm, if a man is comparing your face to that of a baby, red flag, get the fuck out of there, my dude. What? Ew, disgusting. Also, if a man says that you're, you, you know, your pussy tastes like raspberries and cream, uh that's fake news <laughs> also get the fuck out of there too <laughs> and this hits like so like uh hayden saying that ben thought of her like compared her to vivian um hits like a pain point 
And um, so she she tells Hayden, you know what I really regret when I walked in on you screwing my husband was that I just didn't rip your smug little face off. And Hayden tells her that it's way too late for that now. And she tells Vivian to ask Ben about Boston. Vivian throws the phone on the ground and she's about to get in the tub when she notices that there are some words written in the mirror. Like, you know, when you turn on like a bath or like a shower and it gets really steamy and then you can write in the mirror and the mirror says, ask him. Cut to Vivian running downstairs, yelling that Hayden is in the house and Ben asks her uh, where she is. And Vivian tells him that she did not see him, but that she knows that she is there. Ben tells her that he's going to go look around the house and talk to her, but Vivian says that she does not want him to talk to her, and she wants um, her arrested and thrown in jail. Ben tells her that she's overreacting, and obviously this angers her because how are you going to tell your wife that she's overreacting when your fucking ex-little or, like, your mistress is at your house, like, threatening her? Ben tells Vivian that Hayden is just a confused little girl and how she's not going to hurt Vivian. And Vivian wants him to stop protecting her. And Ben yells back that he's not protecting Hayden, that he's protecting her. He asks if she seriously wants 10 cop cars in front of Murder House on Halloween and how that is not going to help her sell the place. And he tells her to wait. He, get, he grabs a knife from the kitchen and he goes down to the basement and he calls out her name. He's walking around the basement, looking around, and Hayden appears and she tells him that she loves it when he says her name. And she asks him to say it again. Ben is like, you have to leave. And Hayden says that that it was so mean that he closed the door on her face. And she asks how he could do that to the mother of her child, of his child. She asks him if she remembers. And Ben tells uh, that he knows what is. Uh, she's like, no. So Ben is like, I know what is happening. And she basically implies that Hayden and Laurie Harvey are in cahoots and that they want to extort him. Hayden is basically just being a horny girl because she tells them she's like, uh, kiss me and I miss the way your mouth tastes and she seductively tells him that she is aching for him and how her tongue is swollen and her limbs are numb and then she gags and she spits out a, a piece of flesh into her hand and she says that that she is rotting from the inside out Hayden is like what's happening to me and then her whole demeanor completely changes as she remembers and she's like a gazebo Ben not even a decent headstone headstone she continues, you thought I was gone, so you threw me away like I didn't matter, like I never existed. Is that what you think of women, Ben? That they're just disposable nothings that you could just sit on top of while drinking iced tea? Ben tells her to stop screaming at him, and he asks what she wants, and Hayden tells him that he wants his wife to know the truth about him. And Ben tells her that she needs professional help. As Hayden, Hayden is like, are you saying I need a therapist? Laurie Harvey comes from behind and hits Ben on the head with the shovel and he Ben drops to the ground. Larry turns to Hayden and tells her that he really owes her an apology. He's like, ooh, sorry, I killed you. <laughs> so he's like, sorry for, he's like, I'm sorry for what I did to you and how it was nothing personal. And Hayden tells him that she will take care of him later, but right now she needs to go deal with Vivian. And Laurie is like, oh, can I help? It's been so long since I used this. And he, like, opens his lighter. Uh, back upstairs, uh, Vivian hears a commotion outside, and she looks out the, the window and sees Chad is destroying the pumpkins that he had set up in front of the house. And Vivian goes out there and asks him what he's doing. And he tells her that he's redecorating and how she ruined his Halloween and that now she has to pay. 
Vivian yells out uh, for him to stop, but Chad continues. All I wanted was some Halloween fun to carve pumpkins and do some crafts with my man, but now you ruined it, and he left, and how he's probably out, out at the bars, and he, he has already had his fourth unprotected blowjob. Vivian tells him that he's a psychopath and that she's going to call security, uh, sec the, her security company. And he's like, you don't get you don't get it, do you? You are not safe. And he begins running towards her and she runs back inside the house and locks the door. And Chad is just left standing outside as as he screams, get out of my house. Back inside, we see Hayden is in the bathtub that Vivian had set up for herself. And like the water has turned into like a red brown type of color because obviously Hayden is dead and sh she's rotting. <laughs> it looks so nasty. Um, and then uh, Vivian calls out for Ben and then she notices that the bathroom door is locked and it won't open. And then we see Hayden start to cry as she's in the bathtub and Vivian runs to grab her panic button and she presses it. And then she goes to her dog that is barking. And Vivian goes to the, she's like, she notices that there's smoke coming out from under like, um, like one of the rooms and she opens the, and, and the dog is like barking right in front of that door. So she, uh, opens the door and the towels inside, like the restroom are lit up and she puts them out. So but we now see that Violet is back in the house and she's with Tate. And she's asking if uh, he really is going to act as if nothing happened at the beach with those kids. She said how those kids totally knew him, but he responds that he doesn't know them. Violet wants to know why they hate him. And Tate just tells her that they're high school assholes and how the popular kids just get off on being assholes and how he thought that Violet understood that. Violet asks him, uh, tells him that she's totally freaked out. And then she he hears the dog barking, which gets her attention. And Violet looks out the window and she notices that the kids from the beach followed them to the house. Violet grabs some scissors and then it cuts to Vivian yelling out for Hayden and also Ben. And then the, and then uh, her cell phone is like right in the middle of the floor and she it's like ringing. She picks up the phone and she's like, Hayden, where are you? On the other line, Hayden is like, oh, I wanted to apologize. And Vivian is like, apologize, apologize. And, and Hayden responds, I just thought it was a shame to let all those lovely bubbles go to waste. I'm sure your maid can deal with that ring. And Vivian approaches the tub and she asks Hayden where she is. And Hayden is like, come down here, girl. And, and Vivian's like, where? And she's like, oh, I wasn't talking to you. Like Hayden responds, I wasn't talking to you. I love what you have done in this kitchen. Vivian grabs a golf club from upstairs and she goes downstairs to the kitchen and she's walking around and then she notices that the microwave is on and something red explodes inside of, the, of it and Vivian yells out her dog's name, which is Hallie. And then cut to all the kids. Well, they're not kids, they're teenagers from the beach huddled around outside of the front door to murder house. And Violet goes outside and the jock dude says, oh, great, he sends his little girlfriend out. The goth girl notices that Violet has a pair of scissors and she asks if she's going to make them some paper dolls. And Violet lets them know that they're in private property and threatens to call the cops. And the cheerleader is like, oh, you should definitely call them because you'll probably meet them. And the goth girl says that Violet is like those lonely fat chicks that marry guys on death row. And Violet tells them that they need to take their disgusting made up faces home. And one of the cheerleader, the cheerleader is like, home? 
Where is that? I'm an only child. After what happened, my parents split up, sold the house, moved away, and did not leave a forwarding address, so I don't have a home. Violet just tells the girl that, you know, parents can suck sometimes, but how it is not her fault and that she can't fix things. Jock points to the bullet hole in his forehead and he asks, fix this? Can you give me back my scholarship to Georgia Tech? I'm supposed to be a starting quarterback freshman year. And the cheerleader tells the jock that Violet doesn't care because she's in love and how she will give anything to Tate, including including giving up her virginity. And she asks if tonight was supposed to be the night. The jock calls Violet a stupid slut and how she is probably just as bad as Tate is and how she does not care what he did to them. Violet asks, what, what did Tate do? And the girl says, oh, she doesn't know. And then one of the guys with, like, the blown-off mouth tries to talk, but only blood and gurgling sounds come out. The jog asks how she has not, how has she not heard about Westfield High. Violet explains that she just moved there, and one of the girls tells her to pick up a fucking yearbook. Another one tells her to read a newspaper, and then the jog explains that they're kind of famous. Violet is still confused, and she does not know who they are, and the goth chick says that they should just put her out of her misery. And then we hear Tate uh, tell, tell her to leave Violet alone as he comes outside. The jock says, finally, the prodigal, the prodigal son returns. And like a rocker fool uh, tells uh, him that they have some questions for him. So the, he's like, tells Tate, like, we have some questions for you. Tate tells Violet to go inside and Violet is like, no, they want to hurt you. And the cheerleader reminds Tate that karma's a bitch. Tate, Tate asks, you want to talk to me? Let's see how fast you can run. And this fool just books it out of there and they start chasing after him. Violet calls the police and she tells them that a bunch of kids are chasing after her boyfriend and that they want to kill him. And then Constance sneaks up from behind Violet and tells her to go uh, with her to her house. Violet yells, leave me alone, you crazy bitch. And Constance tells her that Addie is dead because of her. Back in Vivian's room, she's hitting the panic button, and then she hears some noises coming from, like, inside her closet, and she opens it, and she's relieved to see her dog, Hallie, is there. And But when she turns around, Hayden is, Hayden is standing in front of the door. Vivian asks her what she wants, and Hayden just lets her know that she wants the truth to be known, finally. Vivian is like, I'm not interested in anything you have to say, and Hayden asks, how well do you know your husband? What do you think he's capable of? She goes, she goes on, adultery? Clearly. What about murder? Vivian asks if Hayden is trying to shock her or give her an insight of how, like, not, how not perfect her life is and that she already knows. And she asks Hayden to leave. Hayden says, not until you know. Not until you really understand who, you, who you're married to. That's why we need to talk about Boston. We need to talk about the pregnancy and everything. Vivian is shocked, and she's like, he told you I'm pregnant? And double shocker from uh, Vivian's part, Hayden is asked, you're pregnant? And then Hayden realizes why things happen, and she reveals that she had an abortion and how Ben made her think that it was her choice, and then she drops uh, their family picture of them on the floor and grabs one of the glass charts and says, he did not want, it. He did not want me to keep my baby because he already had yours. Cut to Larry Harvey dropping gasoline all over the first floor. And then Chad walks in and asks him what he thinks he is doing in his house. Then we see Ben is hogtied in the basement and he regains consciousness. And we can see that Nora, Charles's wife, is there. 
and she's like looking down at him. She she's like, oh, what a disgrace. And she asks if that is all the fight he has left in him. And she's like, how can you allow that get that goal, aka Hayden, to take the only thing that gives your pathetic life any meaning at all? Nora begins to take the like untangle the ropes, and she says that she will not permit another failure in her house. And she whispers in in his ear, "Save the baby." Vivian is trying to plead with Hayden, and she tells her that she does not know what Ben did to her. And Hayden explains that she's not some silly schoolgirl, and that she matters. And Vivian is like, "You're hurt," and Hayden's like, "I am hurt. Ben hurt me, and how he will." Hurt. And she's like. And he will hurt you and your baby too. And how it is better if she just ends it all. Ben barges in and then Hayden puts the knife to like, she like points it directly or like the glass shard into Vivian's stomach. And she yells at Vivian to ask Ben about Boston. And Vivian does. And then Ben finally tells her the truth about why he went to Boston. Vivian is like, how could that have been? And how, um... So it comes out that, you know, Hayden uh, had an abortion and that she was pregnant, blah, blah, blah. And Vivian is like, how could that have been true if you haven't seen her in over a year? Right, Ben? And Ben finally comes clean uh, and he's like, oh, uh, I went back to her months later. I went back and I lied about that, too. Ben turns to Hayden and he's like, Vivian finally knows the truth. And then he tells Hayden to put the glass down, and she does. And then we see the security guard finally get there, and he put his he has his gun pointed at Hayden, and he asks Vivian if Hayden is the intruder. We're now in Constance's house, and she's explaining to Violet how Addie just wanted to be a pretty girl, and of course that she did that she did not look pretty lying on the mortuary table under those harsh lights. And we get the scene where Constance goes and sees her daughter's body. And she begins to put makeup on her face and she explains, she, so it's cutting back and forth and she's explaining to Violet that having children is a reminder that youth has not fled, but that it has been passed down to a new generation. And then she says, uh, they say when a parent dies, a child feels their own mortality. But when a child dies, it's immortality that a parent loses. We then see Constance crying as she sees, uh, you know, what uh, Addie all made up with the makeup and she calls Addie her pretty little girl before she gives her a kiss. So back in Constance's house, Violet apologizes for what happened to Addie and Constance mentions that Violet did encourage Addie to be a pretty girl, but that she knows she was trying to be kind, but how Constance is the one that sent her, sent her out into the world and how the world did what it will do. Constance pours Violet some tea and she tells her to drink up and Violet asks if she could have one of her cigarettes and Constance gives it to her and tells her just not to tell her mom that she's encouraging her vices. Constance says that Addie was always a willful child and how out of all of her mon monsters, she was probably the one that was most like her. Violet is like, oh, I didn't know you had other children. And Constance reveals that Tate is her son. And she's like, he can't know about this. He cannot know that Addie has passed since he does not react well to certain things. So Violet has to promise her that she won't tell since he's a sensitive boy. A young man with deep feelings, but that he's not well equipped to deal with the horrors of the world. Uh, Constance goes on and mentions that she's equipped and Addie was equipped. And that, she, that even Violet possesses the quality to be equipped to deal with the horrors of the world. But Tate does not. And Constance uh, tells her that 
that's why she thinks that Tate is like so taken with Violet because he craves her strength and that maybe he is the way he is because he misses his sister. And Constance hands Violet a picture and it's Tate and Addie together. And Constance tells Violet that they must protect Tate. Cut to Tate running and he stops right by the beach and the other kids catch up with, catch up with him and he asks if someone can just explain things to him. And the goth girl asks if he believes in God and he jokingly asks, oh, are you guys from Campus Crusaders? And the goth girl pushes him and she grabs his face and says, you asked me if I believed in God and, and you put a gun to my head. I said yes. It wasn't even true. And I said yes. And then you pulled the trigger. And then the, cre the creepy whistling commences in the background. Tate is confused and he asks if this is part of a Halloween stunt because the makeup is great, but the performance is. And then the jock punches him in the stomach and pushes him down to the floor. And he tells him, no more bullshit. You owe us an explanation. The jock kicks him and asks, why did you target the jocks? I never did anything to you. And the rocker guy tells him that the jocks weren't the only ones that were targeted and to look at all the other people in the group. The rock, the the rocker guy tells Tate that one of the other guys uh, was an honor roll student and how he could have been valedic valedictorian. And then he yells asshole uh, to Tate as he kicks him on the ground. The guy says, I wouldn't have changed the world, but maybe he could have and you ruined all of that potential. The cheerleader tells him that he owes them an explanation as to why he did what he did. Tate begins to cry and says that they got the wrong guy. And the cheerleader tells him not to dare lie to them since they have been looking for him for years. The jock t yells that he's screwing with them and another person in the group says that maybe he's psychotic. And Tate starts to freak out and he grabs his head as he starts to have flashbacks of the day when he killed them. And he tells them to get out of his head. And the cheerleader tells him that they're not in his head and how they're right there. The jock, the jock tells the cheerleader that the sun is coming up soon. And the cheerleader is literally pleading and begging Tay to just say it, to just say what he did. And he just stays quiet. And then she says, I should be 34 years old and married and with babies. And Tay just tells them that he does not know them. And then they all begin to walk away from him, but not before the rocker guy flips off Tate and Tate is just left there crying. It's early morning and all the inhabitants of Murder House are making their way back to the house as in in the trance. We see the twins, Nora, the nurses, Moira and Chatter walking together and he asks her how her night was and she just says, my mother is dead. And he says, sorry. And she tells him how she could not go with her, with her. We see Patrick and Chad tells him that he is not talking to him and Patrick apologizes and he tells Chad that he just can't help himself. And, Ch and Chad just says that he feels like he's doomed for all eternity to be stuck in an unhappy, adulterous relationship and, and working on that goddamn house, which will never be the way he wants. And Mora lets him know that he is right, that he is trapped for all eternity. Cut to Hayden being in the back of a squad car and the security guy is asking her, what is it with girls like her? that they're young and have everything to live for, but they throw it all away for some guy that they can't even have. And Hayden tells him that she did have him and that they were in love, but Ben was just too guilty to leave her. The security guy tells her that pretending to hurt uh, Bibian's dog in the microwave was just evil, plain evil. 
and she says that it was just a stupid Halloween prank and that she used tomatoes. And she's like, Ben was the love was the love of my life. And she asks what's going to happen to her now. And he says, You're going to jail. And then he pulls up to the station. And when he opens the door to the back seat, Hayden is no longer there. Cut to Ben packing his bags, and he sees the picture of his family that Hayden threw on the floor, and he picks it up and stares at it. He goes downstairs, and Vivian is drinking tea, and he just, like, approaches her, and Vivian doesn't even look up at him, and he kisses her on the forehead, and he just, he's walking out, and he stops to get one last look at her before he walks out. End of episode. All right, fucked up fam. That was a very, a very crazy, <laughs> a very, very crazy episode. <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing that accent. I'm literally so exhausted. But let's get started with today's segment of that character fucked up. Yes, they did. Violet, honey, sweetie pie, darling. You literally just called your parents like, telling them like damn there's this dad like there's this crazy guy with half of his face burned off at the front door screaming that he wants his a thousand dollars and then you leave without telling them that you're gonna quote unquote go and hang out with your friends so obviously they're gonna be fucking worried about you and then you left the door open and the alarm off like i mean you left the alarm like you didn't you triggered the alarm that's what i meant like Violet, just a quick little call, a quick little text would have been like, hey, by the way, that man went away and now I'm going to go hang out with my friends because it's fucking Halloween. Obvious, honestly, though, no one would have believed that because Violet doesn't have any friends. Oops. Oh, oops. Sorry. Did I say that out loud? Like, she does not have any friends. The only friend she had was Addie and she was literally murdered in a hit and run uh, the last episode. So... <laughs> Wait, was this was that the last episode or was it was it this episode? Was it this episode? <laughs> Both of them were the Halloween episode. Whatever, whatever. Y'all know what I mean. Uh, I don't know if it was in part one or part two, but yeah, no one would have believed that your parents know that you're a fucking depressed as no friends as having bitch. So whatever. Um, this next character, I this. Well, I mean, I was, like, going to say this character doesn't fuck up that much, but when she does, <laughs> Vivian, don't take a fucking bath in a haunted house. Like, I know you're, like, oblivious to your house, to this beautiful, super cheap house being haunted, but I think that should have given you a hint. If this beautiful uh, L.A. home mansion, might I add, if this beautiful L.A. mansion was one-fourth of the price of what the other mansions around the neighborhood is, there's something wrong with it. And obviously, I think, wait, I think Vivian fucked up, well, both Vivian and Ben fucked up by actually moving into a place where someone was murdered. Um, I believe in ghosts. If someone was murdered in a house, absolutely not. I don't care how cheap it is. Absolutely fucking not. I don't like having ghosts in the places that I live in. And if someone died in there, they probably stayed in there, especially because if they died by murder. Hell no, maybe if they, like, died in their sleep, 
you know, they live like a good, happy life. They're not going to haunt me. Maybe they'll find my keys every once in a while. They'll, they'll find like my hidden shit. Maybe they'll play like a couple pranks on me. It's fine. It's fine. But if someone was murdered, they have unfinished business left in this earth. And I, yeah, I don't want to live in the house where someone was murdered. Yeah, because that ghost would not be happy. That ghost would be like Hayden. <laughs> um, Ben. Closing the door on your murdered uh, ex-mistress baby mama. Sir, you know she was murdered, even though, again, he does not comprehend. His, like, mind can't comprehend that there's a ghost right there. So, obviously, he's going to think that it's, like, something happened. Like, his mind is playing tricks on him. Maybe Larry Harvey didn't fucking murder her in front of him. Maybe. And maybe it's not her body that's under the fucking gazebo that he built with his own two hands. I feel like, I don't know how Ben built that because he doesn't look like the handy type of man. Like, he's a psychiatrist for God's sake. He doesn't, he doesn't look like he can hold a fucking hammer. But besides the point, irrelevant. Your baby mama, ex-mistress, literally got murdered and you still close the door on her face, bro. <laughs> zero fucking respect for her but whatever you know i mean she is mad and we saw that she gets really really angry uh violet violet how can you believe that those kids are wearing costumes like <laughs> i know it's halloween i know people dress up with like blood and gashes and like whatever like gory shit but that looks fucking real. Like, the dude that's literally trying to speak it, like, blood just comes out of, like, the hole where his mouth was supposed to be at. Um, yeah, like, girl, stop. Stop. You're also delusional. And also, stop believing you're psychotic, man. Why? I was, like, I, like, later down in my notes, I'm, like, bitch, why didn't you Google him? Like, I, I know this was early 2000, well, like, 2005, 2006. Honey, you still could have Googled him. You would have found out. I mean, Tate is not even trying to hide the fact. Well, I mean, okay, so from what we know, from what Constance told Violet, Tate doesn't know that he's dead, but he knows that there's ghosts in the house. So I'm just, like, so confused. What does he know? What does he know and what does he fucking not know? But he's not trying to hide the fact that, you know, like, change his last name or anything. You know his name is Tate Langdon. He has given you a lot of red flags, honey. Google his name. If you had Googled his name, you would have been like, damn, that's crazy. A ghost lives in my house, but you did it. And now you're in this situation. And now you're fucking drunk in love with a dead man. Like, you literally reached for his cock. Uh, <laughs> you literally re reach for that spooky cock and then the ghost was like that nah, i'm not trying to do that girl you got rejected by a ghost by a ghost <laughs> and afterwards she was like uh oh, take me home like girl i would be wanting to go home too like that is embarrassing a ghost doesn't want to have sex with you <laughs> I'm having too much fun. 
Also, if your man takes you out only in Halloween, that's a walking red flag. Like, who's he trying to hide you from the rest of the year? Are you his side hoe? Violet, you should be asking yourself these questions. If your man only wants to meet up with you in the basement and the only other day that he takes you out is in Halloween, that is a red flag. Let him be. Let him go. He's not yours. He's for the streets. He's for the other ghosts. <laughs> and also Ben, again, I mean, I haven't uh, mentioned Ben that much, but like Ben, just if you had told, well, first of all, if you had kept your dick in your pants, again, going back to the dick in your pants story, this would not have happened. You would still be in Boston living your happy life with your happy wife. And you have, uh, well, I mean, semi-happy child because Violet was depressed even in Boston. <laughs> but you wouldn't be where you're at now. And, of course, you went and fucked the, like, most crazy-ass person that you could have ever fucked with. And that is called karma. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> but, yeah, okay, whatever. You cheated on your wife, right? You cheated on your wife. She finds out. Why? Are you fighting so hard to be still be in this relationship when you promised your wife you were not going to cheat again? And then, like, she gives you a second chance, and then you still go back to your mistress. Like, what is wrong with you? Do you have caca in your brain? Do you have shit in your brain? Like, why are men like this? Why can't men, why can't men just take the L? Take the L, bro. You fucked up your family by for like for cheating in your wife. Fine. Your wife finds out. Take the L. Separate. Break up. Stop ruining your daughter's life. Like you're fucking up your daughter so bad. You're giving her an example of what a relationship should be like. And that is not a good relationship, my dude. That's a horrible ass relationship. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I'm doing my Julia Fox impersonation, ready? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so for the Savage of the Week, um, what is it called? Savage of the Week section? No. The word is escaping me, but the Savage, blah, blah, blah. The Savage of the Week award goes to my girl Constance. You're daughter your <laughs> last life yeah your last living daughter literally just got murdered by a car like through a hit and run and she's just vibing she's like you know what like i love her i'm i'm gonna miss her dearly she was the one that was closest to me but i gotta go on and live my life and that if that is not savagery i don't know what what is <laughs> And I feel like at, at at the same time, she's still trying to help Violet deal and, like, understand what the hell is happening in her house and what the hell is happening with Tate. So she's looking out for her, but at the same time still looking out for her son. So I think it would make it easier for him if Violet knows that he's a ghost. I don't know what Mrs. Constance's intentions are. Well, I mean... 
I kind of do because I watch this show. <laughs> but still, like, I'm a little bit confused. Like, who is she looking out for? Because at the same time, she's praising Violet. She's like, oh, Tate is so fond of you because he is drawn to your strength. So I'm not sure what the fuck is happening. But yeah, Savage of the Week Award, Mrs. Constance, the baddest the murderest no that's not a word the the killer the killer the baddest the strongest <laughs> but all right we have gotten to the end of the episode thank you so much for listening uh please make sure to give the podcast a five-star review on apple Podcasts. And on Spotify, if you give the podcast a five-star review, more people can join our shared psychosis. Look, if y'all want to be as delusional as I am, you just got to listen to me speak for a little bit. Maybe an hour a week. And we can all be delusional together. We'll start a community, a commune. Maybe we can become a little, you know, like a little, what are, what are those groups called? What are those groups called that get together and are just delusional together? Why are words escaping my mind right now? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm going crazy. I'm feeling like Violet. I think I'm going insane. I think it's it's the show. This show is driving me crazy. Also, life. Life does have a, a big impact on me. But besides the point, irrelevant. Whatever. Yes, give the podcast a five-star review. Also, follow the podcast on social media. I've been switching it around. I've been doing, like, the give the pod, like, uh, making sure that you give the podcast a five-star review and then promoting the social media. But remember, Instagram, that show f me up. F is spelled E-F-F-E-D. On Twitter, we're that, D-A-T, show fuck me up. Fuck is spelled without a U, so F-C-K-E-D. And thank you so much for listening. Like, y'all... Y'all don't know how much it means to have you and to speak to my mic and to have people that listen to my beautiful voice, even though sometimes I think my voice is annoying. But yeah, the fucked up fandom is literally the best fandom out there. Fuck all the other fandoms. Marvel, fuck them. Um, House of Dragon, Game of Thrones fandom, fuck them. No one compares to the fucked up fandom because y'all y'all ride. Y'all ride hard for me. And not even in a sexual way. <laughs> I need to stop. Why am I like this? I hate it here. It's fine. All right. And remember, be gentle, be kind, and don't be an asshole. Unless you absolutely have to be. Goodbye. <laughs>